Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Inside View Real Estate Podcast. We have a very special guest today talking about high interest rates and how to combat those things and save you guys a little bit of money. You're going to want to tune in. I will see you on the inside. Hey everyone, I'm Josh Zuniga, co-founder of the Inside View Real Estate Podcast, where we give you bite-sized pieces of information and give you an inside look on all the major topics, whether you're investor, buyer, seller, or flipper. Stay tuned. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, no matter what time it is. I hope that you guys are having an amazing day. I'm here with Mike Burke from JFQ Lending, and we're talking about the interest rates are kind of fucked up, dude. Yeah, yeah, it, I apologize it, to it, our audience about that. I wish there was something I fault. could immediately it's do. It's all your fault. You know, it is all but your we're fault. gonna work through it. Yeah, so like I remember um it was like a Friday, a Friday to Monday. It was like like literally, dude, it I, what happened to the mortgage backed security market? Because yeah. it just got jacked up. So that was a couple weeks ago, right? And yeah. we saw a two hundred and fifty basis point adjustment within two business days. What is what is the basis? So point? that's a big fancy way of saying things got real wild real quick. Okay. And it's call it a percentage, right? So two and a half percent of whatever loan amount you were gonna buy yep. is now an additional fee for you as a borrower. On top of your closing costs. Hang on. All right. So let's do some math on this. Sure. I'm kind of slow. So mm -hmm. if I've got a $500,000 loan and you're saying that it went up two and a half points. That's right. So you're saying that's $12,500. You're not that bad. $12,500 right on the nose. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's a lot. But that's in fees, dude. That's fees. just to get my mortgage? Correct. So if you kept the rates the exact same as the previous day, you'd pay $12,500 extra on that loan amount. Or what most folks see or what the news follows is rates went crazy and rates went up, right? Right. So what a lot of consumers don't know is that the rates are the same pretty much every day. They're, they're there. It's the cost of financing that changes day to day. Gotcha. So yes, what that ultimately means is that you're probably as a consumer going to opt for a higher rate so you don't have to cut a check for that 12500 So you're you saying I can still it. get like a 3% loan? Down? No, 3% total. Like, oh, interest I want to pay 3% interest rate. Is oh, that yeah, possible? No. no, sorry. It's really expensive. Yes. yes. Yeah, I'd like to buy a Corvette for the same price they were for sale in 1987, but that's kind of where we're at when it comes to mortgages. Isn't yep. It? 100%. <laughs> so what is like an, uh, an average rate today on a 30-year fixed? So it depends, right? So there's, there's, a, there's three buckets of lending, I always say, right? So you've got uh, your big box lenders, big retail lenders, right? That you know by name that you see their commercials on, on ESPN and other, other uh, networks. Failure to up. launch mortgage. Sure. Yep. Sure. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so there's those, right. Yep. And then you've got your broker world. Okay. A lot of brokers will work with just one investor, gotcha. right? An investor is the person that you're probably going to be paying your payment to. Maybe they service your mortgage, things like that. Okay. And then there's some other creative solutions like where I work at JFQ lending. We are what's called this correspondent lender. Mm -hmm. So we work with 13 different avenues of investors, which gives us all sorts of different rate sheets, pricing, products, creative solutions to go ahead and help folks save money in these high rate environments. Okay. Uh, but to answer your question directly, what's an average rate right now on a conventional loan? I can hold you to it, dude. Probably going to be somewhere in like the low sixes, high fives, depending okay. on your equity position or a down payment on a purchase. Gotcha. Uh, government loans, VA, FHA, a little bit lower than that. So you'll see maybe okay. a half to five eighths of percent drop on those on average. Gotcha. In APR disclosures, like, don't hold us to this shit, right? So, like, it changes every day. Like, sure, Got to sure. call and get a quote. So. Right, and of, and of course, you know, you can you could always go lower than that by paying points or a premium upfront yep. interest, right? Yep. Uh, or save on some costs by going the other way. So, like, what are some things I could do right now as a consumer to maybe save some bucks on my mortgage? Is it, like, credit score driven? How's that model kind of count? Is it reserves? Am I trying to, like, sure. put more money down? Like, is there a structure there that works to, like... Is there an inflection point in my credit score where you're like, hey, dude, if you have a 620, you're going to get this. But if you have a 640, you're going to get this. Like, is there, you know, like, what is that threshold? Sure. So 
Good point, the way you're thinking about it, right? So there are tiers on all sorts of stuff, right? So primarily credit score is going to impact the the pricing yep. more than anything. Second to or second is going to be your loan to value. Okay. So if you have what a lot of loan equity, to loan to value is going to be the amount you owe on a property versus how much that property is worth, right? Okay. So for example, like getting a $400,000 loan on a $500,000 property. Yep. 80% loan to value. Sure. So okay. then you've got 20% equity position, lenders, investors, et cetera. They look at that as a lower level of risk. So therefore you have a little bit better pricing break. Gotcha. Right? So yeah, if you sense. put, you know, simply put, I always tell clients when they call in, uh, before you and I spoke, you knew if you had a really good credit score, you probably get a better deal than someone that called in with the 500s. Mm -hmm. Same thing with somebody who has two, three, 400,000 in equity, right? So if you have both of those things going for you, uh, you can tag into some rates right now that are maybe high fours, right? For net right now uh, on government loans, especially, right? Which is a beautiful FHA, thing. FHA, VA. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's killer. Yep, so they're still there. So like, well, let's talk about credit score for two seconds. Sure. What are some things that you can do right now to help? Like, do you do rapid rescores? We do. Okay. Yep. Can you explain that process? Sure. So rapid rescores are pretty straightforward, right? So you have a snapshot of someone's current situation on their credit profile, aka how much do you owe today? And how much is your, your line of credit, for example, on a credit card? And we can do hypothetical situations. So if you paid down your Citibank card, you have a $4,000 limit, you owe 3000 let's knock it down to 2000 And then that'll go ahead and change the percentage that you have of debt versus the line of credit. And that uh, that balance that you have can really help out, right? So Yeah, so like I'm going to give somebody a credit hack here. Sure. So like I used to have probably like a 400-something credit score legitimately. That takes a lot of work. That's just um, as hard to get as an 820. It was pretty fucked up, right? <laughs> like I had collections and a lot of bad shit going on yeah. and um, a repo and some different stuff. And so um, one of the things that I noticed that they always say that 35% of your credit score is made up of your revolving debt or something like that. You know, the credit ratios. Yep. Dude, it's like the very last 35%, you know, because it, it's crazy. And I do it all the time. I, you know, do a lot of construction projects. I'll use all my credit cards to get the points and then I'll pay them off the next month, not paying any interest. But if it's the statement date and it comes out and there's a balance in those credit cards, dude, I usually hover like 814, 800 something credit scores. And I see that thing drop down to like low 700s mm -hmm. just with carrying a balance. Quick. I'm talking like 100 points in my FICO. Quick. You yeah. know, and so pro tip, like pay off all your consumer credit. And you should be doing that anyway because inflation and, you know, interest rates are rising. For sure. So as interest rates go up, that credit becomes very, very expensive on a variable rate. Mm -hmm. So pay off those credit cards immediately. Like this is the first thing you should be doing. Stop investing. I said that in a previous podcast. Stop investing in the stock market and, you know, like just pay off your high variable rate. You know, it's really hard to beat, you know, 25% interest in, in the market. Well, you just can't do that shit. Compounding interest is either your best friend or the devil, depending on which side of the, the transaction you're on, right? 100%. So that's, there's a ton of truth there. And, you know, you hear about these ratios of what that, that balance should be and where you really get the best break. Um, under 50%, you hear a lot. I've personally seen that if you get it under like 40, so if you owe, or you have a line of credit, excuse me, of 10,000 and you owe under 4,000, that can give you a really, really big pop in a good way to go For ahead and sure. get that number. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, no debt's better than any debt when it comes to that and the qualifications. Absolutely. Yeah, that's crazy. Is there anything we do as far as like real estate agents um, in terms of buying down that rate? So like... You know, I was in the mortgage business for a long time. Mm -hmm. And what we would do is say, hey, the par rate where it's not going to cost you points, I'm just going to throw a number at 6%, right? And, but wait a minute, if I pay half a point up front, you know, in, in fees on the loan amount, well, I can buy the rate down to like 5.75%. And so I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm going to pay a quarter less over the life of the loan if I just pay a half a point up front now. Mm -hmm. Is that something I can do still? Uh, you can certainly pay points to go ahead and get lower interest rates. And I want to... Okay. 
I want to hit pause for a minute and just go back, right? Yeah. Because the word points, there's someone right now, someone out there is yep. looking at us and saying points. Who pays points? Points are the devil inside of mortgages. Points are bad, right? It's bomb on an airplane. It's like a trigger right. term that, that sets people off in a negative way when it comes to financing. That's just simply not true. It's not true. There are good deals when it comes to buying points and prepaid interest. Mm -hmm. And there are certainly deals that just don't make sense where the premium's certainly too much and you should leave it alone. Yeah. But what you need to look at is you need to look at how much am I paying for a one-time fee because that's what points are, right? So just to simplify it the way that I would love every consumer watching this or agent for that matter is replace the word point with percent. Okay. So if you pay one point, you're paying 1% of the loan amount one time to get access to those lower rates. Yes. So simple math. You get a 30-year mortgage. You're going to pay 1% one time to save half a percent 30 times over a 30-year mortgage. Good deal, bad deal. Great deal. Huge. Huge. Right? But sometimes I have folks that are reserved and they're like, nope, points are a bad idea. Right? Now, if the market's going down, 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 they are probably correct in that assumption because you can always refi. You can get the lower rates later for cheaper. Mm -hmm. Right? Right now, there's just a lot of uncertainty. You know, yep. no one has a crystal ball. Uh, my opinion, I think that we're going to see rates plateau a little bit, hang out, probably go as the Federal Reserve raises them, hikes them a couple more times on us. Nothing crazy, hopefully. Fingers crossed, knock on wood. Yep. And then I could see in 2023, we start to see a lot of fall off as we see some of the economic change happening out there where if the big squeeze is happening and, For sure. and something's got to give. It has to. Mm -hmm. You know, history repeats itself often. You know, so we've seen this play out before. For sure. You know, and so I, I do think that this is a temporary problem. I do think that it'll be a transitional thing. But, you know, beware of, like, what you're going into. And so, you know, I, I hate when people just give up straight advice and there's, like, no, no like, uh, context to it. Sure. You know, so, like, get a hold of one of us and start talking context. Because if you're in a situation where you're like, hey, dude, I kind of got to buy something soon or I get a rent, you know, getting into a mortgage that has a fixed payment every single month is a really good hedge against inflation, mm -hmm. against rising rents, right? And so, like, when there's a lot of inflation, what happens? Rents tend to go up because things get more expensive. You know, uh, landlords see opportunity to get more cash. And they're like, why wouldn't I do that? You know, and so we're For seeing sure. that right now and we're seeing that squeeze. So, you know, come and talk to us and just say, hey, look, here's a scenario. Is it a good time? And Here, here's what I'll tell you too, Carl, is th there's a lot of folks out there in the world that maybe do a lot more transaction than others. And they feel pretty well versed in either real estate or lending and whatnot uh, as a buyer, as a seller, et cetera. The market, the amount of change that we've seen, both in the housing market and the lending market, just in the period of a short few weeks, I keep telling my loan officers we're in a time machine, right? If you talk to me today versus seven days ago versus two weeks ago, I'm going to have extremely different advice week to week, day to day, darn near, because of the amount of change that we're seeing like that Friday, Monday uh, situation they brought up earlier. Yeah, I mean, it's wild. I've never seen I, You know, I've been in the business for 22 years, dude. I made it through 9-11. I remember the rate sheets right after 9-11. Yep. You know, the, the markets opened back up on like that Monday after. And dude, it was like a substantial you know, like we're talking you know, like, like 250 basis points or more. Yep. And then we kind of, you know, regained our sanity and we're like, oh, wait a minute, everything will be okay. You know, and then we came back down and we saw rates back in the low sixes again and, you know, kind of, kind of just kept moving. And so, sure. you know, we're talking about paying 6% of mortgage guys. That's not unheard of. You know, I grew up in an era where uh, rates were 13%, you know, and so I got into the business when the rates were around 8%. You, you and I were having a conversation the other day and I really love something you talked about. You mentioned how the current rate of inflation versus maybe some of the debts that you have and how to change your mindset about what's expensive versus totally what you're, what yeah. you're, what you're really paying for what you have. You, right. You, you know what Dave Ramsey, um, very good intention. Right. But I think some of his advice could be a little bit skewed. 
I'm of the opposite thinking where I like to borrow other people's money at cheap rates. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, like if I'm borrowing money at 6%, but inflation is what they're calling right 8% hypothetically, which is like 15 or 20 or higher. But if inflation is 20% or 15% or 8%, but I'm borrowing money at 6%, the money I'm paying back that loan at is worth less. And so like I'm getting free money. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, I'm getting money and they're paying me to take it. And so that's smart as long as you're buying the right assets. Sure. And so that's a whole different conversation. But, you know, there's an advantage here. I think perspective really, it can be skewed one way or another. And and you can really write whatever storyline you look at. So it's important that you're looking at things objectively right now, right? For sure. Do my decisions inside of finance make sense for my situation and the outcome, right? So uh, for my loan officers, I I run a large group of loan officers. and, And we have the opportunity to talk to a lot of prospective clients that are looking to go out and make moves. And the advice is different for everyone's situation, Yep. right? So if somebody is rent-free right now that's listening to this and maybe you're living with mom and dad, you know, you're living with mom and dad and, and you are in a career and you're able to save some money right now and you want to see what happens over the next two, three, four months, that might not be a bad idea right now. You know, yeah, I'm not going to hard that. sell someone into making moves just right. because I'm in that business. You know, I care about people's goals and what they're trying to accomplish and how that pans out for them long-term, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, on the other hand, if you're in Scottsdale with us, your rent just went up $600 for a two bedroom and it only has prospects of going up even more in 2023. It's probably time to buy if you have the ability to do so and you're not going to put yourself in a precarious position. hundred percent, you know, and there's tax advantages in, you know, one of the things that I always talk about is just, you know, protection against inflation, right? So last, before we go, one of the things that you really hit on before this, because we talk off camera a lot is what do you get approved for? Oh yeah. Good point. I think it's a big one, right? So A lot of folks, historically, when you talk about a pre-approval letter, a pre-qualification letter, everyone inside the industries of, of realty and lending, and then, of course, the consumers, the buyers, they're all talking about loan amounts, right? Like, hey, I'm approved to buy a home for 500000 700000 whatever that number might be. And although that is the intention and that is technically true at time of taking the application, mm-hmm. there's something called a qualifying rate, right? So your loan officer is using that day's interest rates to go ahead and qualify you for that purchase. And then that outcome is that loan, that loan amount, right? Yep. The reality is, is what they're qualifying you for that does not change regardless of interest rates going up or down. You're really qualified for a housing expense and a dollar amount on that payment, including your PMI, including your homeowners association, if you have one, anything like that, condo dues, mm-hmm. right? So in an instance, like we were talking about that for that, that gnarly Friday, Monday combo we ran into, uh, a lot of folks found that maybe a hundred grand of buying power just fell off. And you don't want to be upset at your loan officer or your agent, right? It's just, it was a very unique one-off thing that hasn't happened since 1986 to put things into perspective. 87. Yeah. Was it 87? 87. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. So let's not get too angry at these folks. Just understand, Mm -hmm. Hey, there was no one's intentions. It's just, we've never seen a swing like that in decades and decades. Right. Right. So, uh, but I share that with you because as as a buyer, so important that, you know, Hey, I'm approved for $2,700 know what that qualifying rate is. And if you're, if you want to check in with your loan officer, it could be as simple as a text message once every two weeks. Uh, my best advice to you is when you go to put an offer in on a home, the day you go to write one up with your agent, next call, immediately call your loan officer, give them the address, right? Let's talk through the, how much of the taxes on the property, maybe the HOA. We talked about this with Optima, right? Yeah. What, are, what are the condo association fees there? Ridiculous dude. You know, and I bought in there and they were like 330 bucks and guess what they are now? Like almost three times that, you know, that's just insane. Yeah. So, you know, and, yeah. and when you talk about if something's five, six, seven hundred dollars for your association, like if you're in Florida, for example, and you're listening, 
that this may very well be your everyday situation. Those high rise condos, that's, that's what they're people not pay cheap. to live there. Yeah. Right. But that $500, that could be the difference of upwards of a hundred thousand dollars of buying power. Depending on, on the interest rates. Price. Yeah. hundred percent. So something to consider. Cool. Anything else you should leave the listeners with? Uh, just, Hey, stay in it. Yep. Stay strong. Don't get that buyer burnout. Right. Just, just, just keep your end goal in mind at the end of the day. You either want to become a homeowner, you want to have a place to call your own, you want to have that ability to have that autonomy uh, and make moves down the road without someone else dictating your housing expense, which is a pretty scary situation for rent. Uh, And then lastly, refinancing. Refinancing is one of those other words that some people are totally on board and they love it. Others maybe just don't know enough about it because you're, you're buying your first home. Refinancing is not the same experience as buying a home when it comes to the, the normal stressors of buying a home. What I mean by that is you're always going to worry about, hmm, is the appraisal going to come in, right? That's a worry that's normal. Is the AC unit really in good condition? Is the roof really what it's cracked out to be? Or are there anything, is there anything being hidden on this property, right? So that's normal. And that's going to be every purchase, no matter what, even if it's your 50th house. Yep. Right. From there though, refinancing, all that gets shelved. You're already in the home. You own the, the, the collateral and you're in a position, if you're like a W2 employee, for example, you're not self-employed. Typically, what my loan officers need to go ahead and refinance your home is your two most recent pay stubs, your two W-2s, and a driver's license. Yep. That's the most common five documents that we need. And I'll tell you, the majority of the time, over 50% of the time, you don't even need an appraisal if you're doing just a rate and term reduction of your interest rate. So I share that because let's get you into a home if right now is the right time. And then six to 12 months from now, find a great lender that you trust. Go ahead and move forward. And then address that payment, knock it down by X amount of dollars at that point. Yep. JFQ Lending. Hey, yo. Shameless plug. <laughs> so cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Hey, guys, if you haven't done it already, please like and subscribe. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. And I hope to see you very, very soon. Take care. Hey, guys, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, do all the things. We want to continue to bring value to you every single episode. But until next time, see you on the inside.